Quote, Go placidly amid the noise and haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible, without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others, even the dull and the ignorant. They, too, have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexations to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain and bitter, for always there will be a greater and lesser person than yourself. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Keep interested in your own career, however humble. It is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world is full of trickery. But let this not blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for high ideals, and everywhere life is full of heroism. Be yourself. Especially do not feign affection. Neither be cynical about love, for in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is as perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune. But do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born from of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive Him to be, and whatever your labors and aspirations, in the noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it's still a beautiful world. Be cheerful. Strive to be happy. End quote. Max Ermron, Ermon, 1952. And I apologize to Max. I butchered his last name. Um, I think it's a German last name, and, and I have some difficulties with that. But I have a feeling, based on what I just read, the desiderata that he wrote, that he'd be cool with me making a slight error on, on, his, um, on his family's name. It's funny. I, I came across this while I was cleaning our garage. It was a piece of paper, now 20-plus years old, that was handed to me by a high school professor that I've lost touch with. Um, it was given to me also during those last few weeks of high school when you're running out the clock and um, you're not bound to do any other work because basically graduation is is a given. Uh, but Tom, our our teacher, um, always wanted to hand us, always wanted to make a difference, always wanted to help us out, always wanted to have a parting thought, and this is the parting thought that he gave us. And at the time. I know that I read it over because I was made to, but it made no sense. I had no context. I hadn't lived long enough to really understand what it had to say. Outside of a few phrases here and there, it meant nothing to me. And so I socked it away in on my folder, put it in my backpack, and over the course of many, many years, it somehow managed to end up in a box uh, in one of the grotiest places in my garage, only to be found years later by a 41-year-old me who needs to do some late spring cleaning, summer cleaning, uh, and needs the room uh, to make uh, needs to make up room to you know to put away some of the children's toys. And then all of a sudden, here it is. 
And as I sat there, or stood there sweating in, a, in the summer sun, uh, covered in dirt and grease and all of the other junk that comes from a garage, I found myself reading this over and it clicked. It clicked in so many different ways. And I, I, I'm not going to break it apart for you. I will post the entire um, the entire poem for you guys to read in the show notes, and I'll put a link to it in, 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 the, in the podcast notes. But it is so relevant to our day. In this thing that was written back in 1950-something, um, I wish to a certain degree that I could share this, or it should be required reading to anybody who's about to embark in a social media life. I, I believe it to be a lifestyle. We spend so much time in, on social media, in social media, that oftentimes that we forget the fact that there are still humans behind the screen. And I've talked about this at length on other podcasts, so I'm not going to rehash all of that. But I've, I've also found that in my recordings, a constant theme is Hugo's, my realization of things that were told to me in the past that I gave no mind to, and now, uh, you know, into my fourth decade, all of a sudden the puzzle pieces are clicking in, and I'm realizing that there was a lot of wisdom from the elders, a lot of wisdom that I let go by because I thought I knew better, because I had that impetuousness of youth that... A, told me that I was invincible and that I would, I would never die. And B, that the old people were stupid and dumb uh, or who were too set in their ways to teach me anything relevant. And as I get older, I realize that there really isn't anything new under the sun. And that I'm just, as special as I am, I'm also very regular. Um, and I am passing on a lot of the old uh, lessons and a lot of the old motifs and myths onto the next generation that were given to me. And so what I'm also finding, though, is that now that these things are clicking on, I'm grateful that I'm in, I am in my early 40s and that I am able to have lived long enough of a life and that I've experienced and adventured and traveled enough so that all of these things are making sense. And But my mind hasn't ossified to the point where I can't now take all the lessons that I was taught, actually take the time to understand them, to masticate them, to process them, but then to once knowing the lesson, then I can start making switches and I can start you know making adjustments and then start contributing to this adventure of humanity. And I'm not doing that in books. I'm not giving lectures anywhere. But first, I have this podcast. But more more important more than anything is the fact that my children will be passing on these lessons. Well, they will. The lessons will be passed on to them, and it is up to them to either take their time in realizing them at the same way that I did, or they'll, they, you know, they'll have a leg up on a whole bunch of other kids and a whole bunch of other people out there who are still pretty much set in their ways. I don't want to take too long. I, I've realized that my podcast episodes tend to work best when I keep it short and simple. But I would take the time, if I were you, if you're a listener to my show, to go through the show notes and, and read this over and incorporate it. And if I can be humble enough to give you an assignment, for you to tell me, once you've had the time to look it over, for you to tell me how could it impact you? How could it help you make a change? How could this 
thing written back in the 1950s by some German guy, how it can be relevant to the life that we lead now. Or perhaps you could say, you know what, Hugo, uh, thanks and, and whatnot, but this means nothing to me. This is irrelevant to me. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a good place, and, and, and there's no adjustments that I need to make. And that's fair, and that's all right. I want to know about that, too. Perhaps you can tell me, and you can share with me, um, why this old wisdom isn't necessary or relevant to your life. I really would like to know. But... One of the things, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is, again, part of, part of the reason why this became, you know, is, is mind, I'm mindful of this document today, is that as I read over it, I read over it, and I've been processing, and, and, and then I'm sharing with you, even while I was reciting it earlier on in, in the beginning of this episode, I realized that the sales lessons that an old mentor of mine gave me are very relevant to a lot of other things. And, and first and foremost is the concept of truly listening and that we don't do a very good job in this society of listening. And that includes uh, social media. Oftentimes when we're looking at somebody's posts, whether we like them or not, we are... In, we are in, saying it, we're reading it in our own voice. I'm not doing a very good job of describing it. Let me go about it a different way. Back in the day, when I was, in the, when I was managing real estate, um, we used to get letters. And sometimes you would get complaint letters from past customers. And we would sit in our office and we would read them. And we, we used to call what's called douchey voice. And what that means is that we, you know, if somebody gave us either a paid us a compliment or but mostly paid a complaint, we would read it back, but we would read it as if that person was being a complete douche. Um, and we would have a big, big laugh about it because we were basically dismissing what that person had to say. Now, a good chunk of the time, these people were just being assholes. They were being trolls before trolling was a thing online. They just, you know, they were the people that were writing letters to the editor just to complain about, you know, what the local kids are doing down at the local Piggly Wiggly. These, you know, these were the kinds of people that, these were the kind of letters that we were receiving. And because we didn't want to own um, their complaint, we would make fun of it in kind of like a douchey kind of voice or like a highbrow, oh, I'm better than everybody kind of voice, and we would have a laugh. But every now and again, uh, once everybody was gone from the office, I would take a look and read over the letters and start to decipher from all of the bullshit that the person was putting down on paper what they really meant. Because part of my job was to write these folks back and try to assuage the situation, try to make it better, try to draft something to them or make a phone call or visit them in person to try to turn this customer from an upset individual to a raving fan. And there's a whole book, and I'll try to find it, and it's called Raving Fans, I think, and I'll post that on the show notes as well, is this whole concept of you can turn sometimes by virtue of taking the time and processing and listening and addressing people correctly, you could turn somebody who is not your fan into somebody who will be the greatest asset to your organization, which means referrals, possible business referrals. And, and, and I think that's what we do a great deal of the time. When we first read things from other people, especially critiques, we tend to go into douchey mode. 
where we're reading it and we don't in assigning all sorts of bad agendas to the person that's you know that's writing that to us and we're not giving the benefit of the doubt but if we were to stop and listen or we were to ask follow-up questions then you would realize that this person is may not be able to describe or may not be able to say what they want to say uh, the best way that they can but there is some wisdom or there are some good takes takeaways from their diatribe and it would make sense for us to listen. We could grow and we could actually make a better business and we can make ourselves a better person by understanding what it is that they have to say. So, how would, what are some advice that I, that I could give you uh, outside of your assignment? Well, first and foremost, if you're finding yourself at a place where it's, whether it's with a customer, with a boss, whether it's with a loved one, uh, or a family member that you care about, uh, you know, a, a wife, a husband, a girlfriend, all three, whatever. These are some techniques that I've used over the years to kind of understand. First and foremost, um, when somebody is upset, when somebody is not happy, or when some, or, or the opposite, actually, somebody is quite thrilled. Um, but m more often than not, it works when it, when there's negativity in the room. One of the things that I was taught in Sales 101 many, many times, many years ago, is to shut the fuck up and just listen. But not just sit there and go through the motions and move your face around, feigning that you're interested in what that person has to say. No, actually listen. Pay attention to the words. And I used to do this before I would go into any meetings. I would ask permission of the person if I could take notes. And it's a very simple. Right before, about, right before we are about to get started, I would ask permission to the other individual, would you mind if I take notes? Nine times out of ten, the person will say, don't worry about it. Well, actually, maybe nine times out of ten, seven times out of ten. And then the remaining time, if they were asked, well, why do you have to take notes? My response would be something to the effect of, it is what, you're, what, you, what we're about to talk about is very important. And I want to make sure that I'm comprehending what it is that you have to say. And that is the reason why I would like to take notes. If you're not comfortable with that, that's okay. But I would prefer it because I want to make sure that I'm, I'm fully understanding you. And then out of that, you know, most people would say, all right, let's go ahead and do so. But outside of gesturing and, and, and you know, giving a person knowing looks or you know, doing the size or the sounds that we typically do, you know, that we typically have while we're having a conversation. It's so important to keep quiet and let the person just talk it out, even if they're ranting, even if they're ranting. As long as they're not being aggressive or, or they're not being overtly, overtly uh, insulting, let them talk it out. Let them punch themselves out, for lack of a better term. It's so important for a person to just vent and say what it is that you have to say. And all the while, you need to be an active listener. Lean in a little bit. Um, it pays dividends, trust me. Now, once that person is done venting, take a second. One of the challenges that we have oftentimes is the fact that we are ready. We have all this piss and vinegar ready to go, and we have taken our notes, but we have taken the notes in, in, in a way to strike back. I get it. It's, it's an instinct. The person hits you, you want to automatically hit back. 
but remember what the overall reason why you're there, and that's to assuage and make a and make a situation better. So take a second to really think about what words are going to come out of your mouth next. And a great way to start the dialogue after that is to try to repeat their main concern right back to them and make sure that they are listening to you. They, 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 I'm sorry, try to go back and tell them, this is what I've heard you say. Is that correct? If it's not, then let's clarify. But if it is, it just told the person across the way from you that you were an active listener, that you got the point. That doesn't mean that you're going to have an answer, or that doesn't mean that you are going to take the step to, to make them, you're going to do X, Y, and Z to make them happy, because that may, be, that may not be in your control. But at least it told the person, during that time when I was talking, I mattered to the individual, and he or she is now going to take and now we can start unpacking it, unraveling it, working with it, and start looking for solutions. The other thing that I would ask you not to do is try to provide answers. One of the, one of the things that I've found about my wife and I over the years is that oftentimes when she is talking to me about her day, the challenges that she's had at work or the challenges that she has with friends, is the fact that she's not looking for answers from me. She doesn't need for me to go in there and tell her, this is what you're going to do and this is how you're going to go about doing it. It just doesn't work. Oftentimes, I'm just a willing ear. And the more that she talks, the more that she realizes things. And I am, if anything, the sounding board. I'm a sounding board. My wife is an extremely bright person. And it's also a lot of the friends and a lot of the people that I talk to. You all are very, very bright. But sometimes you are so emotionally invested in a situation that you are not mindful of the fact that you have the answer already. It's just a matter of unloading and unpacking all the emotion and then getting down to the meat, uh, uh, you know, or the, yeah, the meat of the issue and start working on that. So if I am a good listener, a good sounding board. And, and I don't start you know, interjecting with answers, typically the person will realize, okay, this is where I'm off, this is where I'm wrong, this is where I'm too emotional, this is where I'm too invested. Now, rationally, pragmatically, these are the steps I think that I need to make. And then at that point, I can start going back and forth and start troubleshooting with that individual. But a lot, many a times, People don't need to hear your answers because, again, unless you're them, you don't really know everything that's going on, even as descriptive as they think that they are. Finally, I would tell you that, especially when somebody is in a bad place, somebody is in a bad spot, somebody is very sick, don't tell them that it's going to be okay. You have no idea if it is going to be okay. Doctors don't know if they're going to be okay. I mean, I, I know it's TV shows, and I could be way off the mark on this, but I don't think I've ever had a doctor guarantee to anybody, oh, it's all going to be all right, you're going to make this, you're going to get through this okay, if it's something serious, because they don't know, and life changes on, on a dime. In, in the real estate business, I, I have never guaranteed anything to anybody because I don't know. There's so many moving parts in an escrow that 
you know, whether I do something or, or not, or that person does something or not, you never know exactly how things are going to roll out. And so for me to guarantee anything to my client is to set up a disappointing situation to make that client believe that something will occur when I have absolutely no idea that, that it will. Now, I can make certain assurances and I can all, you know, I, I can give odds. And, you know, I've, I've been doing this long enough where I know I can read the tea leaves and, and the tea leaves and realize that things are going to be for the most part okay, but never guarantee because you don't know. More than anything, what I have heard from, you know, a lot of people, but mostly women that I've talked to is that what's most important is not necessarily hearing that everything's going to be okay because that's not true. You don't know. But more than anything, the realization that I am going to be here for you all along the way. Good or bad, by hook or by crook, I will be here with you all the way. And it will always be your sounding board, will always be a willing ear, will be always be somebody that can, that can be around to help you. Um, I may not always be able to provide the answer, but I will be by your side. And that this level of comfort and community can help somebody through even the darkest of times, not realizing that they're not going to go through it alone, that they are going to have an ally with them along the way. Those are the things that I, that I, that I feel are important when we get into the business of listening to people. And it's one of the challenges that we have on, in the online uh, component of, of our society where we do not have the opportunity to understand context sometimes, to fully understand context, that we don't have the emotional and the physical cues that go along with conversation. And, and, and we, default to, we default to attributing uh, a negative agenda to a lot of the people that uh, come our screen. Even the people that we think that we like, if, if they don't quite agree with you or if they catch you in the wrong way and if they don't have the chance to go back and forth and really explain or, or you don't have the, the chance to explain yourself to the other person, then things can go awry very, very fast because we lose the, the human touch, for lack of a better term. That's why it's important. I've always felt uh, it's a policy that I've had for a long time that if after three or so messages, you, are, you both are not seeing eye to eye on something, either agree to disagree and let it be. You don't always have to get the last word. You don't always have to get the last word or call the person or set an online, set an in-person meeting. You have to look at one another. You have to be able to see each other and understand each other's tones. And what you realize many times is that when people are actually in the same room, a lot of those walls that we put up, you know, defensive walls that are, that are so apparent on the internet, melt away. And eventually you have two people who actually just want to resolve the issue and who are more often than not going to want to be fair about the matter at hand and find a resolution that's, you know, that's best for all concerned. It doesn't always happen, and I've been in a lot of conference rooms where people are just being assholes to one another for the sake of assholes. But the majority of the time, if I can get two people on opposing sides in the same room, we can mediate the issue uh, yeah, to, to a much better place. So, once again, as far as your assignment is concerned, please, if you have a chance, read this over. 
And then tell me, I want to know whether you send me a, a voicemail here on the Anchor app or you, you hit me up on the Twitter machine. Let me know how can these 1952 words help you in your everyday. And then second, when you're out there talking to folks, whether it's online or in person, take the time to really listen to them. Then, then once you listen, try or, or let them know that you've heard them and this is what you understood their issue to be. And then ask and check for understanding. And then finally, don't tell people that it's going to be all right because you have no, you have no idea that that's true. And also, would you want to hear it if, if you were in a bad place? All right, guys. With that, thanks for your ears. Peace.